Hi, this is Christopher Framberg and I'm one of the pastors in SOS Church Stockholm. We are an international Pentecostal church on Kungsholmen with celebrations in both English and Swedish. Our vision is to be a church that is for all people and to all nations that are living the Book of Acts kind of life in Stockholm and to the ends of the earth. We hope that this week's message will challenge and equip you to live a strong life together with Jesus. Awesome! I'm so happy to, to preach a word for you today. I'm happy to be home from Norway. And you know, my wife is from Nor North Norway, so we were driving up there 16 hours in the car together with the kids. It was raining eight days. It was 10 degrees. It was awesome. Awesome to be with a family. I mean, we really got to meet the family because we were all squeezed into the house for eight days and it was raining. And so it's good to be back even though we have, we have a good time. If my father-in-law is watching this, we had an awesome time. It was, it was very, very good. We enjoyed it. I really love rain actually. It's good. It's good. Uh, but I'm happy to be back as well. I'm, I'm happy to be back. We had 16 hours drive. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> and, 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 and my daughter that is two, yesterday we had a day without the car and she was like, Daddy, I want to go with the car. It's fun going with the car. I was like, no one else thinks it's fun anymore. We are done. We are done. And, and when we were driving back, we were driving into the night so that they fall asleep. And, and, and in, the, in the middle of the night as I was driving, my son started to speak and I was like, oh no, he's waking up. And, and, and then he was speaking in the sleep, you know. When you speak in the sleep, you say a lot of weird things. It's almost like dreaming. When you dream, you can dream a lot of weird stuff, Right. Have you ever been, ever been dreaming, you know, like coming to school or coming to work and then all of a sudden you realize, I'm naked. Have <laughs> that happened to you? Has <laughs> that happened to some people? As a preacher, I've been dreaming about coming to church and you're going to preach and then you, then you realize, you know, you have no pants on. It's just discovering you. Or, or you're coming and you have nothing to say. <laughs> you're coming up, you get the mic and you have, you, you realize you forgot to prepare anything and you try to come up with something but God doesn't give you anything. So you don't know what to say. That's about today. I have nothing. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm dressed. I'm not naked and I have something prepared. You can be called. It's okay. It's okay. But there is, there is one thing when there is a dream, but something else if there is reality. You know, in, in, in my family, we have this story about my uncle. When my uncle was a kid, he was going to school. And back then, you don't always got a bike that fits you. So he had like a bike for an adult, but he was just a kid. And he was biking to school. And after a while, his, his pants got stuck like in the chain. It got stuck and he couldn't really stop. <laughs> and he couldn't get it off. So, so he had to stop the bike, and I don't know if it was falling down or not, but then, and he tried to get, get out of the chain, but he was stuck. And he couldn't get, get, get out of the chain, and he was just by the school. And, and after, after a while, I don't know how long, he had to take off his pants, you know. He had to take off his pants, and he was now walking home, leading the bike home with the pants in his hand. How many knows that that's a bit embarrassing when you're going to school? And, and people are coming, driving to work, and you see like, why is he going <laughs> with no pants on? Why is he holding the pants in his hand, leading the bike? 
and you're going home and you probably don't go back to school that day because you feel a bit embarrassed. And there is one thing when there is, is a dream, but something else when it's happened. Uh, but it can also be, be times when, when, when you have the same feeling. You feel naked, but it's not because you're physically naked, but it's because you have done something or something happened to you that makes you have this feeling like you want to cover. You don't want anyone to know because you are a bit embarrassed. Have, have you ever felt that? As, as I was preparing this message, uh, I started to think about my upbringing and, and, and the different things I've been ashamed of. And, and one of the memories I have that I have been most ashamed of when I'm thinking back, it was not even my fault, but I carried so much shame. I carried so much, um, I, I was so embarrassed of it that, that for years that was very, very hard and I felt like naked even speaking about it. And, and, and that happened when I was seven years old I was not going to a daycare but where I was growing up you had like a daycare mom so it was someone that has kids in their, ho in, in their house and 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 you they were uh, yeah so that was like like your daycare and I don't know why but of some reason she was gone for a couple of hours I don't know why you're gone when you're paid to take care of kids but we were by ourselves uh, for, for a couple of hours and, and I was just seven years old. I was going in the first grade and I, uh, it was some, some older kids as well. And we were going to watch a movie. And for some reason, one of these guys, he, find, he, he was uh, starting one of the dad's porn movies. We were just kids. And obviously the dad in the house had a lot of porn movies. <laughs> and he was starting. I was seven years old. I have never seen things like that. I was like, what is this? And, 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 and we, we, we were so young and, and later that, that when I come home I felt like ashamed. I felt th this, is, this is strange. I, I don't know really what, what I felt or how I reacted to it. But I know that that, that day her mom had to call my parents. I guess she was ashamed too. And tell her what happened. That, that she was not there and, and, and her husband has a lot of these movies. Um, and, but, but for years now. I was so afraid that someone would get to know that. And, and, and some of the older guys that were, were also there, they were bragging about it. <laughs> they were telling the older guys in school that they have seen a porn movie. And they sometimes came and asked, have you seen this? And, and for me growing up, it was one of the most shameful memories I have. Still today when I start to think about it, I, I remember how, how much ashamed I felt. Almost like my uncle, you know, going home <laughs> almost naked with the pants in his hand. And you don't want anyone to see you. You want to hide a little bit in the bush because you're afraid that someone is going to see you. That's how I felt uh, in school when someone came and they found out and, and asked, have you seen this? Because I was so ashamed and thinking back on it, I realized it was not even my fault. I was seven years old. I didn't know what that was. But someone else did it. Someone else had recorded it. Some, uh, this daycare mom had left us alone. It was not really my fault, but still I was ashamed. And I think that when we go through life, all of us go through th times or seasons when we feel a bit naked. When we feel like we want to cover up. When we feel, we, I don't want anyone to notice. Sometimes it's something we do. We've all done things that we wish, I hope no one saw this. <laughs> I, 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 I don't even want to remember it myself because you're ashamed of things you have done. 
But it can also be things that people have done towards you that you're ashamed of and it's not even your fault. But the shame and the guilt is dragging you down and, and you're walking around. You know, if you are going to be used by God, if you're going to be used to have an impact in this world, to be, do great things for Him, you know, we are called to be bold as believers. But if you're walking around ashamed, trying to cover your nakedness, it's hard to be bold. It's hard to be free because that shame is keeping you back and holding you down. And, and, and if you, I, I, I don't know what, what you have experienced. I don't know what you've been through. But I think we all have sometimes felt like this. And I, I, I believe that God knows about you, our feelings. Because in the Bible, when I'm reading the Bible, there is a verse that I've been reading so many times and I've always been thinking, why is this even in the Bible? <laughs> why did God even put this in the Bible that we are reading 2,000 years later? But now I think I know. <laughs> As I was preparing this message, I was like, ah, this makes sense. This verse is speaking to me in a new light. And, I, and, and, and I, I start to understand maybe why God put it in the Bible. And I'm going to open up the Bible and I'm going to speak to you today. And I hope that this is going to speak to you. Are you with me? So I'm going to preach a message today called Running Naked. <laughs> Running Naked. And before I preach, I need your help. Can we pray together? If you're a non-believer, not used to praying, it's okay. You can just sit. You don't need to pray. You can just relax. But if you're a believer, please help me to pray that this will be something good out of this message. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you will help me to deliver this message that you have put on my heart. I pray that you will open up each and everyone's heart today. And I pray that you are going to speak deep into everyone's heart in the name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. Wonderful. All right. So I'm bringing you now into the Bible. If you have never been reading the Bible, if you're new to faith or to church, we have the Old Testament that is what is written before Jesus came. And we have the New Testament that is written after Jesus came. And we're going to write, jump right into a story in one of the four Gospels that are are stories about the life of Jesus. Four different people writing the story about the life of Jesus. And we're going to jump into Mark's gospel right when Jesus is being arrested before he's crucified. So Jesus, he has 12 disciples and they have been together for a Passover dinner. A Passover dinner at the house of Mary that is the mother of John Mark. If, if, if you have read the Bible, you know who John Mark is. Otherwise, you don't know. <laughs> He's not so famous. Uh, so they've been having a Passover dinner. And after the dinner, Judas is leaving the dinner. He's now going out to betray Jesus. And Jesus is taking his other disciples and walk to a gar garden called Gethsemane to pray. And Jesus, he's, he's full of anxiety now because he knows that he's going to be crucified. He's going to give his life and die on the cross for all our sake. And as he's praying, the disciples are falling asleep and Jesus is coming back, waking them up and say, Please, can you just stay awake for another hour praying with me and keeping watch? And, and he, Jesus continues to pray and they're falling asleep again. And Jesus is waking them up and say, Please, can you just stay awake for a moment? And 
and then in the end Judas the betrayer is coming with a lot of guards and they're going to arrest Jesus and when they're coming to arrest Jesus it becomes chaotic and Peter that's been promising Jesus even if everyone else is leaving you I'm never going to leave you and now in the commotion he's dragging up a sword and he's cutting off an ear of a soldier <laughs> I don't know <laughs> How you're cutting off an ear? Like, are you trying to slice the soldier in, in from the head, or why are you cutting the ear? It's one thing. I'm, I, yeah, I'm, I'm not a swordsman, so I, I, I don't know. But it feels like Peter is probably not a swordsman either. He's not good at this. He's cutting off an ear, and then after a while, he and all the apostles, all the disciples, have been together with Jesus for over three years. They are running away, fleeing for their life. Can you see it? Jesus is being left alone except one young man. And we go to Mark's Gospel, chapter 14, and verse 50. Okay. <clears throat> Here it's written that then everyone deserted him and fled everyone deserted Jesus and fled a young man wearing nothing but a linen garment was following Jesus wearing nothing but a linen garment was following Jesus when they sized him he fled naked leaving his garment behind can you see this young man everyone have left all the apostles been running away everyone have left but there is this young man in a linen garment still staying trying to follow Jesus but now they try to attack him and size him and they are getting hold of his linen garment and he's running away naked through the woods and throughout the church history for 2,000 years there's two questions out of this verse number one is this who was it <laughs> Who is the naked young man running in the woods? And the second question is this. Did he have any underwear or not? I mean, was he running completely naked or did he have any, any underwear? The scholars agree up on the first question. The second, the scholars disagree. And I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe you can find out it's written nothing in the Bible. But it was written he was running naked. So maybe he didn't have underwear. Okay. The first question is this. Who is this guy? The most scholars, they believe it was John Mark. John Mark. And I'm going to tell you who he was. And how could they know it was him? They don't know, but they think so. Because they had dinner at his mother's place and, and maybe he heard about the disciples leaving for Gethsemane and, and, and he just put on a linen garment and he was joining in. And it seems to be someone that had been around Jesus because he was staying even when the other ones was leaving. John Mark is probably the naked guy running in the forest fleeing from Jesus. And, and when you read about this story, you can tell it in two very different ways depending on if you tell the whole story or not. One of the stories is this, that John Mark, he's a wimp. He, he's, he's, um, he's, he's fleeing naked. They're arresting Jesus and he's leaving Jesus running naked. And you can see him like a wimp. Uh, the other story is this, that he is the bravest man. 
all the apostles, everyone had been swearing to never leave Jesus. They are leaving, but he's staying without any sword, without any real clothes. He's still staying with Jesus. And it's first when they try to seize him that he's running away naked. So you can you can view him as a hero or you can view him as a wimp, depending on depending on if you tell the whole story or not. And 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 my first point I want to preach for you today is this. Can we have it here? Here it comes. I think you've been running naked. <laughs> I think you've been running naked. And, and, and I'm not speaking about you running physically naked, but maybe you feel like you have been naked. John Mark, he was running naked physically, but maybe you feel you have messed up. Maybe you have some moment in your life that you are embarrassed of, that you wish no one would know about, that, that you hope no one will find out about. And, and you feel a bit naked. You feel like you've been running naked in some areas and and the story about your life can be told in very different ways depending on who's telling it there's just one thing when we've been messing up and that is that we very seldom tell the story ourselves it's always someone else telling the story about other people messing up right when you meet with someone often they want to tell about someone else messing up you don't often speak about how yourself messed up and if you're telling that story it sounds different but if you're telling the story about someone else you want to make it a bit spicy <laughs> you add some salt you know you want some laughter so you seldom tell your own story about you running naked in the woods but if we can agree that we have all messed up if we can agree that we have all sometimes been running naked if you're a parent maybe you've been messing up and uh, how you raise your kids sometimes if you're in a relationship, maybe you have messed up in how you treated your spouse or your partner or your friend. If you're single, you have messed up maybe flirting with the wrong people, doing the wrong thing. Um, maybe it's with your finances. You, you say, I, I would never steal, but you're cheating a lot on the, in different ways. You know, we've all done things that we've been trying to cover because we have feel naked. And when you're running naked in the woods and you see someone else running naked, all, what, what, you, what we tend to do is that we want to take the focus away from ourselves, right? So you're running naked, but now you see someone else, so you're pointing at them. Because you want everyone else to see the other people running naked, so they don't see your nakedness. So your way to defend yourself is to point at someone else. But the Bible says this, and this is the first, one of the first scriptures I want to give to you. In Ephesians 4 and 29, it's written, Do not let any wholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who are listening. This is what the Bible says. So what story do you tell about others? If you've been running naked through the woods, are you pointing at someone else? Or are you just covering yourself? There's three things you should ask yourself before you speak. And the first one is this. Is this helpful? Does this build others up or not? And number three is this. Will it benefit those who are listening? Is it the benefit of me telling this story or not? Or should I just keep quiet? And I think we all are challenged by the scripture. But this is, a, this is a filter with these three questions that can help us to build others up, to lift others up, to, to cover one another instead of stripping one another. The day, more, uh, the day, okay, so John marked, he was stripped naked. 
Uh, but the very day after John Mark was stripped naked, Jesus, the Son of God, was going to be stripped naked. And he was going to be stretched out on the cross. And nails was, was going to go through his hands and his feet. And he was going to be crucified. They've been stealing his cold clothes. They've been stripping him. And he died on that cross. When he died on that cross, he died to clothe John Mark. He died to clothe you and me. He died to cover our nakedness. Jesus became sin so that we could become the righteousness of God, the Bible says. Jesus became a curse so that we could be blessed. Jesus was blamed so that you and me don't need to be ashamed. Jesus was stripped so that you and me could be clothed. When Jesus is coming to someone, he doesn't come to strip you. He doesn't come to shame you. Jesus is coming to clothe you. No matter what you have done before, Jesus is not going to expose you. Yes, give it up for Jesus. <clears throat> because Jesus Christ, the Son of God, when, when, when you hear the gospel from the Bible is being communicated, it's not after exposing your sin. It is, it is after removing your sin and clothing you with dignity. That is what Jesus does. He was stripped so that you and me could be clothed. In, in, in Isaiah, prophet Isaiah 53 and verse 3, this was written now 700 years before Jesus came and died on the cross. And it's prophesied about Jesus. So just listen to these words about Jesus 700 years before he's born. He was despised and rejected by mankind. A man of suffering and familiar with pain. Like, like one from whom people are hiding their faces. He was despised and we held him in low esteem. But surely he took up our pain. And he bore our suffering. Yet we consider him to be punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. And by his wounds we are healed. All, we all like sheep has gone astray. Each of us had turned our own way. And uh, the Lord laid on him the iniquity on us all. So all your shame, all your guilt, all your pain, everything you regret was put on Jesus. And he was paying the price so that you and me could be clothed with his righteousness, with his forgiveness. You don't need to run naked in the woods anymore. Even if you've been running naked, uh, naked for a long time, when you're coming to Jesus, when you're exposing yourself for him you don't need to expose yourself for all other people but you need to be humble enough and expose yourself to Jesus and say Jesus I am messed up I'm sorry forgive me my sins and when you're saying that he's removing your guilt and your sin and he's clothing you you with his clothes but so so what you need is humility and coming to Jesus in first John 1 and 9 it's written that if we confess our sin he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness can you say from all can you say from all unrighteousness so I want to bring some hope to you today 
If you are going through things that you're ashamed of, Jesus wants to cover you. Jesus wants to restore you. Jesus wants to restore your dignity. Come on. My point number two is this. God doesn't run away from runaways. God doesn't run away from runaways. Mark, after being stripped naked, running away, he could have, uh, he could withdraw from Jesus. He could withdraw from God. He could give up his, his dream of serving God. But, but God, God doesn't run away from runaways. Mark was running away from Jesus, but Jesus was never running away from Mark. You might have been running away from God. Maybe just in some areas, but God is never running away from you. He's running to you. He's coming to you to help you. I guess that Mark was broken. I guess that Mark was a bit disappointed. I guess that Mark was a bit ashamed. Ashamed. But God was not done with Mark. And God is not done with you. No matter what you have done or been going through. No matter what people have done to you. God is not done with you. And I'm going to tell you the story about John Mark. And what, how God is dealing with him now. Because if you read the Bible, he is going to show up again. When we're coming into the book of Acts, that is the first Christian history book, we can see how the apostles, they are now returning. <laughs> Those that have been running away, they are now filled with new boldness when the Holy Spirit is coming upon them and they start to preach. But we don't read about John Mark again in, uh, for 12 chapters. But after 12 chapters, we can see how Peter, the bold disciples, disciple Peter he'd been preaching the gospel and they have arrested him and put him in prison and as they put him in prison and and they are planning to execute him as they have done with James the brother of Jesus that was one of the leaders in the church they are now gathering in the house of Mary the mother of John Mark to pray so they are now coming together praying in the home of Mary and as they are praying in the home, an angel is coming to Peter, rescuing Peter out of the prison. And when he's coming out of the prison, he's like, I guess someone is praying for me. So he's going to, to, to marry the mother of John Mark. He's coming to her house, knocking the door, and they can't believe it. First they think it's an angel coming, but then they realize it is Peter. He had been released from prison because we were praying. <laughs> when the church are praying, God is moving. We cannot underestimate the power of prayer. Peter was released by an angel. And when he's coming there, I guess, I'm reading something into the text here, but he's seeing John Mark, the young boy. And he knows this story. He knows that he was running away naked. He knows everything about him and how he'd been withdrawing and how he'd been ashamed. But he see that there is something special about this boy. He see that the hand of God is upon this boy. When he's praying, something is happening in the room. And he says, wow, there is something special about this boy. Because a little bit later in the chapter 12, uh, Barnabas and Paul, the apostle, they're coming up to Jerusalem. And as they are in Jerusalem, I guess that Peter took Barnabas aside and said, Barnabas, you know your cousin. Yeah, don't tell me the story again. Everyone was telling about, about a naked young. He was just young. You know, no, 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 no. It's not what, what I want to tell you about. I want to say that God is real upon this boy. 
I really believe that God has a mission for this boy. There is something special about you should bring him back to Antioch, the city where, where you're living and are a leader in the church. So when we come to the end of Acts chapter 12 and verse 25, we read this. Are you with me? Are you able to follow? If I'm preaching long, it's because I have no time up here. So I, I, I can go on as long as I want to. Normally I have a countdown. It's not here today, so I'm, I'm going to preach. Next, next week I know it will be back, so I'm taking this opportunity here. <clears throat> it's written here, when Barnabas and Saul had finished their mission, they returned from Jerusalem, taking John, also called Mark, with them. So now they brought this young boy that earlier had failed. And they're bringing him. And my question is, have someone ever brought you to a place when you were not good enough, where you were not strong enough? They just brought you to teach you something. I remember when I was, was done with Bible school here in the church some, some 12 years ago. And I was following Daniel Elvelick, that was the principal on the school, to, to, to Pittsburgh, U.S. for two weeks when he was teaching. I just followed. I was just up in the morning praying and reading the Bible with him, hanging around, and that impacted me a lot. But I was just following. Have you ever been following someone that you can draw from, that you can learn from? And, and, and if you have, are you ever bringing someone else along? When you're serving God, when you're doing something, you should be like Barnabas and Paul, bringing someone along that can learn from you. That can develop from you. Because if you've been walking with God for a longer time, you have so much to give. And it's a waste for you to just, just serve God by yourself. Bring someone along that can learn, that can be discipled. Who are you bringing? They were bringing John, John, John Mark, the one that had failed. Um, and we can read a little bit later. In, in Acts 13, we could just go to the next chapter. It's written in verse 2. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul to the work which I have called them. So the Holy Spirit is speaking about setting apart Paul and Barnabas. So after they had prayed, they placed their hand on them and they sent them off. The two of them sent them. Uh, the two of them sent on their way by the Holy Spirit went down to Cilicia and sailed to uh, Cyprus. When they came, uh, when they arrived in Salamis, they proclaimed the word of God in the Jewish synagogue. John was with them as the helper. So once again, John is with them. God didn't speak about John. Can you see that? The Holy Spirit spoke about Barnabas and Paul. But still, they're bringing John Mark with them. So that he can learn, so that he can experience, and they're now going on a mission trip. Can you imagine to go to Cyprus on your first mission trip? Wow. What a trip. They're going to Cyprus. And they start to minister now. And when you read this story, I'm always laughing because... Um, there is a sorcerer named Bar-Jesus that is fo following after Paul and Barnabas and are destroying the work. When they are preaching, the sorcerer is coming, trying to interrupt, trying to destroy the work. And the first miracle Paul is doing on his first mission trip is that he's making a seeing man blind. 
So he's making this sorcerer blind after a while because he's destroying the works of the Lord. And now revival breaks out. Now a lot of people is coming to salvation saying, wow, there's really power in the name of Jesus. And, and they're coming to faith. But John Mark, I mean, he's just a boy, he's with him. For him, this is too radical. It is just too much. And it's written that he's leaving them in Cyprus. He's sailing home. He went home to Mary where they're just praying and eating and mama is cooking food. You know, it's too much for him. John Mark is leaving them and they continue on the mission trip and they see God doing a lot of great things. and things. But John Mark is leaving them. Uh, but, but I want to point out one thing and that is that John was actually willing to follow even though God didn't speak about him. He was willing to follow just to be a helper. He was willing to follow just to serve. If we should be able to do great things for God, we need to be willing to do small things for God. We need to be able to follow. We need to be able to serve and be a helper. If you're ever going to lead something, you need to start with serving. And, and, and I'm saying this because I read it in the Bible, but I also learn it. I'm, I, I have the privilege of being pastor here, but I can tell you, I think I have done every task you can find in this church. I don't think anyone been locked into this basement more than I have. I've been living my life in this basement for 12 years. I have done, done I think, almost everything except the technicians. I, I, I've been staying away from the tech. But otherwise, I, I have done almost everything you can do in this church. I've been trying to serve God. Because when we are in it, not for a position, but for the mission and the vision, God is going to lift you up. God is going to use you. You know, when, when we are serving God, it is not to build up yourself or build up a name or build up a ministry. We have a vision that is God-given and that mission is to, is to reach the unreached people groups in this city. It is to live the book of Acts kind of lifestyle in Stockholm and to the ends of the earth. And the vision that you are serving doesn't need to be given to you first. I came into, into SOS some 13 years ago and, and, and it was a vision that God had given Johannes. Johannes is now in Africa. Many of you have never not met him. He's sometimes coming home preaching but then he's leaving again. Uh, but God gave him a vision. And, and I came in and that vision for me is no longer Johannes' vision. It became my vision because I started to serve it. I, and I understood this is God-given. And I want to say if you're coming to this church, I don't think it's a coincidence. I think God brought you along to be a helper. I think God brought you along to make a difference. Maybe you're coming in and you're a John Mark and you say, okay, so how can I serve? How can I help? Can I put out some shares before the service? Can I welcome some people? Can I help out with a tech? I have some knowledge. I'm not so good, but I can learn. Or oh, can I bring a friend to church? Can I start a life group? Can I make a difference? Can I contribute? Can I give? Can I do something? Because I understand that God is up to something. And if God is up to something, I'm coming along. Amen. God was up to something with Barnabas and Paul. Mark was not spoken about, but he was coming along. And that was going to change his life. 
He didn't do anything, everything right in the beginning, but God didn't leave him when, when he was failing because God doesn't run away from runaways. Mark is leaving Paul and, Paul and Barnabas. He's going back home and, and, and when they come back from the mission trip, they're telling all the stories how God was doing amazing things all over and Mark probably regret that he left them. You know, when he hear all the stories and everything God did, he's probably like, ah, okay, maybe I should have stayed, even though it was a bit radical. And then we can read, my, okay, my third point is this, try again. If you've been running naked, if you have been ashamed, if you have failed, if you have given up, if you've been falling down, if you have felt, ah, it's over, God is done with me. I want to say God is not running away from runaways. And if you have failed, you should try again. You should get back up on your feet and try again. Mark wants to join the next mission trip. He's signing up again. And when Paul is reading on the sign-up list, John Mark, he's saying, mm -mm. John Mark, <laughs> everyone that wants to join to help out, you're going to come, but not John Mark. Acts 15, 36. Sometimes later, Paul said to Barnabas, let us go back and visit the believers in all the towns where we preach the word of the Lord and see how they are doing. Barnabas saw on the sign-up list, John, also called Mark. It's always like John, also called Mark. They always need to explain it. Uh, but Paul did not think it was wise to take with him, take him with them, because he had deserted them in Pamphylia and had not continued with them in the work. Mm -mm. Barnabas, I don't think it's wise. I know this is your cousin. I know that his mama Mary is praying and she's been supporting the ministry and she's cooking really good cinnamon rolls. But I tell you, this boy, he should go home to his mama. He continue eating these, these cinnamon rolls because. He deserted us the last time. I know it's your cousin. I don't want to offend you, but I'm just telling you. But, but Barnabas, he didn't give up. So they came in such a sharp disagreement. That means fight. They started to fight. They were really fighting. And they parted company. Can you see it? The holy apostles, the holy men of God, they were fighting so much that Paul said, if you're bringing John Mark, I'm not going with you. I'm going without you want to go with me or John? And he's like, no, no, I'm, I'm bringing him. We, we need to give him another chance. God been caring about us. We need to restore him. No, no, no. I'm not giving, going with that guy again. So they are parting way. And, and Barnabas is now going with John Mark. And, and Paul is bringing Silas. He's finding another guy and saying, come, come with me. Join me. We, we go. Okay. So, so, so what is happening? It's actually multiplication. Their fight or disagreement is multiplication because now both of them are going on two different mission trips, bringing two different people to raise up and, and disciple. But what, what, what I want to say is that John Mark, he'd been trying to follow Jesus. He'd been running naked. He'd been brought up again. He was joined on a mission trip, but he was leaving it because it was too radical. But now he gets one more chance. But he's not, not in the team with Paul. He has to go with Barnabas. Um, but God is not done with John Mark. Later on, if we continue to read in Paul's letter, we can see how Paul is actually bringing Mark on his team again. He's taking him in again. Why? Because there was a Barnabas that said, let's, let's believe him again. 
Let's get let's let's have him try again. I believe that this time he's not going to, to fail us. I believe that this time he's not going to give up because there is something of God in this boy that God is going to use. So let's let's raise him up. Let's try again. Let's walk one more time. And God is raising him up. And not enough that he joined Paul's team again, that is the elite team, I think. Is also God have him write one of the Gospels. One of the books in the Bible that we are still reading today was written by John Mark. I don't know what story you would tell about him or what you would nickname him. If that would really be Mark or if that would be the naked guy or the streaker or, I, or, or the failure. or I don't know what, 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 what you would call him. Uh, but what I know that God was not done with him and if God was not done with John Mark he's not done with you so I want to speak to you today that even if you've been ashamed even if you have felt I've been running naked I have messed up I've done so many wrong things I want to say God is not done with you God has something he wants to do in you and through you amen You know, God has so much He wants to do in this city. I don't believe you're here for a coincidence. I believe you're here for a reason. We are living in a city where there is so many needs. Where there is so many people that need to hear the message of Jesus. Where it need to be a church. Raising up, praying, using its authority to bind and loose. And see a city being changed for Jesus. We need to see a people that are living the book of Acts. Not just living for themselves, isolating themselves, but investing in other people. People, bringing other people along, be, believing in other, other people, giving other people a second chance, praying with other people. We need a move of God in this city and you can be part of it. If you're willing to be a John Mark to say, I can help, can I serve, can I make a difference? I am willing. But that's the attitude we need to have. So we believe that God is going to continue to work in our church, in our city and I want to say you are needed you are needed and if you've been walking with God for a longer time I want to say bring someone along bring someone with you serving God so that they can be raised up and they can be a new John Mark are you with me you have been listening to a podcast from SOS Church Stockholm if you want to know more about the church or have information about our Bible school and leadership academy go online to soschurch.se we hope to see you soon at a celebration here in Stockholm or at one of our daughter's churches in Gothenburg or Malmö. Have a wonderful week.